The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. So he is addressing both Satan and Peter at the time, at this particular time. Now the word savorous that is used here, it comes from a word that means to have something on your mind or to be thinking about something. So to have something on your mind or to be thinking about something. So, so, so if, if, if Brother Folsom, using Brother Folsom again, if Brother Folsom said, Pastor, you know what, after church... I'm going to take you down to the Corinna Bakery. Take you to Corinna Bakery, and I am going to buy you a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. I don't know. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nod, nod. You know, just, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'll take you down to the bakery, and I'm going to buy you a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie. Now, dear ones, my mind would savor, because that'd be all I'd be thinking about. I'll be preaching Jesus ate a chocolate chip cookie. Lord have mercy. Lord, it was so good. The chocolate dripped down on his face. Yeah. So, so you begin to preach or, because my mind would be focusing on the cookie. I'm savoring, thinking about, pondering over the cookie. And so here Jesus identifies for us the real motives and the real motivations behind what the devil is doing. And he also helps us to understand why he's so successful at being able to do it. See, because there's one thing for the devil to do something. Why is he so successful at it? When you know he's trying to trap you. When you know his desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. When you know that he is a liar and the father of lies. If you know all this, why is he still so successful? Why is he so successful? Because you are savoring the things of men. You are thinking about regarding the things of men, not the things of God. That's why. And so, dear ones, what this helps us to see is that most of the objections, most of the offenses... And most of the complaints that we have with what the Lord either says or does with, says to us or does in our lives. Dear ones, most of those objections and complaints are primarily because we are failing to see how and in what ways those things will be beneficial to us. That's why. 
The reason why many times we have a problem with what the Lord says to us or what the Lord begins to do with our lives or in our lives or through our lives, the reason why we have a problem with it is because we're failing to see how is this benefiting me? How is this going to benefit me? And so, and so our thinking and our attitudes are not God-centered. They're not Christ-centered. They're not spirit-centered. They're not even other person-centered. They are self-centered. Our thinking, our desires, our minds are set on the things that we savor. The things that benefit us. Savoring the things of men, not the things of God. Now, I'm not the only person in here that has had a problem with what the Lord said. They, the Lord says something to you, you say, Lord, I got a problem with that. Amen. Or Lord asks you to do something, you say, Lord, I got a problem with that too. I, I just don't see the reason. I don't see the rationale behind it. I, I, I've, I've told the testimony about how the Lord told me to go in and ask somebody to come back to the church. Somebody that's very, very, very close to me. And I said, Lord, I ain't doing it. I'm, I'm not doing it. And it, the person had been gone for two years. And I said, Lord, I'm not doing it. I, I'm just not going to go do it. And I said, no, you're going to go. I said, Lord, I ain't going. You're going to send somebody else, but I ain't going. They can come back, but I ain't going to, I ain't going to ask them. And we, me and the Lord had this back and forth conversation until finally it got to the point where the Lord says, no, this conversation is stopping. You're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And you can ask Sister Ann when she comes out. It was, about, it was a few years back now. But I, I came out from prayer and then got my coat on. I, you know, just walked, got my coat and walked toward the door. She said, where are you going? So I'm going to ask so-and-so to come back to the church. And, and Sister Ann said, well, I thought you said you weren't going to do that. I thought you said that you weren't going to do because what happened and wall that went down, you said you, you were done. You weren't going to even go do that. Why are you doing this? Sister Ann said, why are you doing this? And I looked straight at her and said, I'm doing it because the Lord just told me to. That's it. That's it. And I went and the Lord had already worked the situation out and the Lord had already dealt with that other person's heart and, and forgiveness was asked for and all these other restoration, all these other things took place because the Lord had already worked it out. But there was my point is I could have savored the things that be of men. I could have kept my mind, Lord, I, I ain't, I'm not wrong in this. I've done nothing wrong in this. I'm not doing this. I could have kept what I thought. And focus on what I thought was right and what I was going to do. Or I could have switched over and said, Lord, if this is what you want, even though I may not agree with you, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do because you know best than I do. You know better than I do. There was notice what we're told in verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Now here we see the Lord turning his attention to all of his disciples instead of just addressing Peter. So the Lord is addressing Peter, but he's also addressing the devil. And he says, you're an offense to me because you are savoring the things of men, not the things of God. But then he turns to all of his disciples to address all of them at this time. And he begins to speak to all of them, dear ones, because in what he now begins to say here, here, the Lord is doing several things. He is addressing Peter in what he has said to the Lord as he pulled him away to have this private conversation. And he's also addressing the other disciples that were there and saw what Peter did and were probably feeling some kind of way toward Peter for what he has done. 
So because all of them see what Peter did, they see Peter pulling the Lord aside, having this private conversation. And as I said last Sunday, many of them were already arguing among themselves about who was going to be greatest. Who was the greatest among them? So they see the Lord pulling Peter, they see Peter pulling the Lord aside. So they're probably feeling some kind of way towards Peter about what he's doing. So Jesus turns and begins to address all of them and all this stuff at the same time. And dear ones, while there are, while there is much that we can say with regards to what the Lord says here, we want to focus and, and, and deal with it as it pertains to what needs what we need to do during those times where the Lord says something to us that we either do not like or we do not agree with. So we want to, there's a lot that we could talk about and a lot that we could say, but we want to kind of center it down and address it from the vantage point of what needs to happen when the Lord says something to us that we either do not like or we do not agree with. And the first thing that we need to do, dear ones, is we must become willing to deny ourselves. First step. When the Lord says something to you that you don't like or you don't agree with, first step you got to take is you must become willing to deny yourself. Now the word deny that is used here, it comes from the Greek word um, aparniomai. aparniomai. Um, it's a compound word. The, the second part of the word, arniomai, it means to say no to something. To say no to something or to refuse or decline something that is being offered to you. So, so if Marla was saying, Pastor, you know, uh, uh, would you like to use my pen? No, Marla, I'm good. I, I'm good. I got, I got everything's written down. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. But no, I don't need your pen. I'm, I'm arning my, I'm denying something. I'm refusing to accept something that's being offered to me. The prefix of that word, apo, it means from, means from. Uh, to, so, so you're not just denying something, you are utterly denying something. You're not just refusing it, you are completely refusing it. So Marla says, Pastor, could you use my pen? Marla, get that pen away from me. Take that pen away. I do not need that. Do not offer it to me again. And so when you put all this together, dear ones... What the Lord says when he says, deny yourself, we are to deny ourselves. He is saying that we are to turn from and utterly refuse something. We are to totally decline and turn away from what is being offered to us. And so, dear ones, the denial that the Lord is asking for us to give is not the type of denial that many of us are accustomed to giving. Where our denial of things is more like, no, for not right now. No, not right now. Or no, not at this time. Or no, maybe later. Or no, but don't go too far because I might change my mind. That's the kind of denials that we give. Amen. It's, it, it, the enemy offers you something. No, not right now. <laughs> Come on, Mike, you know you want to. No, no. But just don't go too far away because I might change my mind after, after a while. Let, let the, let the rest of the, let's see how the rest of the day plays out. Let's see how the rest of the day goes because I may get upset later on and, and need a little something, something. So don't go too far. It, 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 that's not the denial that the Lord is talking about. It is a denial where we utterly turn away from something, completely refusing to participate with it or partake of it. 
We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax-deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. No, not right now. Or no, not at this time. Or no, maybe later. Or no, but don't go too far because I might change my mind. That's the kind of denials that we give. The enemy offers you something. No, not right now. (laughs) Come on, Mike, you know you want to. No, no, but just don't go too far away because I might change my mind after, after a while. Let, let the, let the rest of the, let, let's see how the rest of the day plays out. Amen. Let's see how the rest of the day goes. Because I may get upset later on and, and need a little something, something. Yes, so don't go too far. Yeah. It, 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 that's not the denial that the Lord is talking about. It is a denial where we utterly turn away from something. Completely refusing to participate with it or partake of it. It is the type of no where there is a complete and total refusal and a turning away of what is being offered to you. It's the type of no, dear ones, that Joseph gave to Potiphar's wife. It's that kind of no. Joseph, those that don't know the story, Joseph, Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce Joseph into this adulterous marital issue. And he, she, she was trying to seduce Joseph to having this extramarital affair. Joseph didn't just say, no, Miss Potiphar, I'm not interested. No, Miss Potiphar, I, 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 not right now. No, Miss Potiphar, you know, I, 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 this doesn't feel right. The scripture goes on to say that Joseph's refusal was so steadfast that when Potiphar's wife really began to push up on him, Joseph ran out of the house, leaving his coat there. Joseph ran to make sure that his refusal and his denial of it and his turning away from it would not be violated. Dear ones, how many of us are willing to run from something? Have you gotten to the point? Where you're willing to run from it. If that's what it takes to make sure that your no stays no. Lord have mercy. Have you gotten to the point where you're willing to run? I'm willing to put my shoes on and get up out of here. I'm willing to walk away completely from the offer that's being given to me. I'm willing to walk away entirely. 
from this situation. I'm willing to refuse to accept what you're offering, even though everybody else will call me crazy for doing it. Have you gotten there yet? Because if you haven't, you haven't gotten to the place where the Lord is talking about, about being willing to deny yourself. You haven't got there yet. And as I said, as I said, there was, we got to openly and honestly admit some things. Admit it. If you ain't there, you ain't there. Say, Lord, I ain't there yet. I've been declining, but I have not been denying. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, you know, resisting, but I really have not been denying. Deny yourself. Now, remember, what we are saying, what we were talking about is that we must become willing to say no to and deny ourselves of is what we what we want and what causes us to focus primarily on what will be beneficial to us rather than focusing on what the Lord says his will is for our lives and what he is trying to accomplish in with and through our lives. Now, dear ones, in saying all this, there are some objections that we must take into account. Because it's easy to say things. A lot of times, dear ones, we're falling into the trap where it's easy to say things and we're saying it. We're we're beginning to fall into that trap of using what they call Christianese. You know, you got, you know, Chinese, Japanese, Portuguese, Christianese. Where we're saying things. And people in, the, people in the congregation were saying it, and they're like, amen, preach, preacher, amen, go ahead, go ahead, I hear you, I hear you, say that, say that, say that, preacher. And what people are saying that, the problem is, we're talking to people that understand the language that we're talking. When you have people that are new. When you have people that don't understand your language. When you have people that aren't accustomed to all of your verbiage. Dear ones, there are some objections that will come up to what I just got done saying. Amen. One of the objections, dear ones, is this. For many a person, when, they talk, when I talk about denying yourself, one of their objections will be this. Well, what if the Lord is wrong? Concerning what he says is best. What if the Lord is wrong? See, for some of us, we're like, how oh, God. <laughs> Let's move away from the pastor because the lightning is about to come. Some objections. What if he's wrong? What if the Lord is wrong concerning what he says is best for my life? Why aren't you considered Pastor Fields? I understand you're up there talking and pontificating. But Pastor Fields, why aren't you even considering the possibility... That what God is saying is best for my life could be wrong. How would you respond to that? Dear ones, let me show you something. Turn, hold your finger here in Matthew 16. And let's turn to Psalm 19. <laughs> I can tell by some of y'all's, some of y'all's looks right now. You, you, you <laughs> Thank God I'm preaching this and you ain't. <laughs> Thank God I'm preaching it because you ain't. Because if somebody came up to you and said, well, what if the Lord is wrong? You better shut up. <laughs> You'll be ready to fight. <laughs> Just, <laughs> shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. Getting all angry and all, you know, all indignant with the person. How dare you say it? Psalm, 
Psalm 19. Psalm 19, dear ones. Notice what we're told in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Pure, right, true, perfect. Lord have mercy. None of those words even give the possibility of being wrong. Now let's look at Psalm 119, verse 160. Psalm 119. Way in the back of Psalm 119, verse 160. You got to read it all the way to the 160th verse to read what it says there. The psalmist says, Psalm 119, 160, the psalmist says, Your word is true from the beginning. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Lord, your word is true from the very start of it. And so to the, uh, to the possibility, possible objection that some could give, what if the Lord is wrong about what he thinks is best, I would respond to them. Well, let's look at Psalm 119, 160. Amen. Let's look at Psalm 19. Because those verses of Scripture let me know that God could, God's word is true, yes. it's perfect, yes. it's right, it's, tr- it's, it's just, but it is not wrong. Amen. A second objection. That some could give. Let me move to these things real quickly. A second objection that some could give would be this. God really doesn't care about what's best for me. God really doesn't care about what's best for me. Who am I? And, and, and why does he care about what's best for me? He really, he really doesn't care. Now, dear ones, this is the devil's objective when he whispers in your ear. Yeah. Because he tries to get you to believe in some way, shape, form, or fashion that God doesn't care about you. Amen. God doesn't care about me. He, he doesn't care about me. If he cared about me, why would I be going through all this stuff? If he cared about me, why would I be having to deal with all this stuff? If he cared about me, why, why, why isn't he giving me the things that I've been asking him for? If he cares about me, God really doesn't care. And dear ones, my response to that objection will be found in places like Psalm 139, verses 14 to 18. Let's just real quickly. Psalm 139, starting at verse 14, the Bible says, the psalmist says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in your book, or in your book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when it was as yet, when, when as yet there was none of them. Now, dear ones, for those that are unfamiliar with this passage of Scripture, what the psalmist is beginning to talk about is the unborn babe in the mother's womb. He's talking about the unborn child in the mother's womb. And let's read it again. He says... Verse 15, my substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. The the psalmist is saying, Lord, you saw me. You knew all about me. Even before I was in my mother's womb, you knew all about me. Your eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. In 
And in your book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. But you, you, you were the one that determined before I was even in my mother's womb. You were the one that determined my hair color, my eye color, my, my, my size, my shape. You determined all that before I was even in my mom's belly. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life.